Welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith McPherson and your co-host, Krista Hope. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness. This is Keith McPherson here, and uh, thank you for joining me on the show tonight. I uh, am flying a bit solo tonight because uh, Krista Hope is not able to be with us tonight as the uh, the co-host on the show. But this is going to be a very exciting night because I was able to um, call one of my really dear friends almost, well, I should say actually one of my, she's my sister. She's my ginger sister, and she's going to be joining us on the show tonight, um, Bonnie Schroeder, who's just an incredible energy and woman and full of mindfulness. She's been practicing this for years and integrating it into her life, and she's totally someone who walks the talk. So I am so excited for you guys to connect with Bonnie tonight, and we're going to be taking your calls and answering some of your pre-emails that you sent in this week, and we're going to have a really great show. I'm super excited because um, tonight as well, we might get a chance to listen to a couple of new songs from my upcoming album that I just ordered 300 copies from the distributor, so that's going to be coming in. And it's just a really exciting creative time, and spring is in the air, and it's just, oh, when we talk about mindfulness, it's just, for me tonight, it's this feeling of just expansive gratitude. It's just such a great time to to celebrate life, and it feels like the stars have been aligning this week, which is great. So just before the show, I was thinking about this show, and... um, Especially tonight, I, I want to dedicate this show to a, a dear mentor of mine who I actually got to study with while he was alive, but he ran a radio show every week. His name was um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and he had a call-in show, and it was actually one of the reasons I wanted to start this show was to kind of carry on that legacy that Wayne started way back in the day where he would field calls and inspire and just kind of create this community of people that share mindfulness and talk about how to make life the best it can be while we're here. So, um, Wayne, wherever you are in the cosmos, we're going to dedicate this show to you tonight. And, um, yeah, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys to my dear friend, sister, my ginger, Bonnie, Bonnie Schroeder, and uh, welcome to the show, Bonnie. Hi, Keith. Hi, everybody. I am delighted to be on the show with you, my. Yes, you are my brother from another mother. <laughs> For those of you that haven't seen us live, we are both totally full of red hair, and uh, we always joke that we're the mindful gingers. How do we come up with that, anyway? It just spontaneously came through me one day, and it just seemed to stick. I love that. Do you find yeah. it? I'm going to ask my first question right away to you, but do Perfect. you find stuff just like it just spontaneously comes through a lot for you? Oh, especially in nature. But um, if I'm feeling in, aligned and and you know what, I would say that the more I do my practices, the more I meditate and incorporate mindfulness into my everyday, uh, those spontaneous insights tend to come more often but you can't plan them sometimes you can be having the roughest day or the and they just interrupt your day with all sorts of joy and inspiration and it's a beautiful thing i'm gonna like we get asked this question a lot on the show but i'd love to hear your perspective about like where do these spontaneous combustion moments in our lives where do they originate 
where do you think they come from? Oh, that's a big question. From Well, from my perspective, the source of all that is, uh, we are just conduits here and they flow through us. And sh- should we dare to make room for them? So when we create pauses in our day, they tend to flow, as I said, a bit more easily, perhaps with a little bit more grace. Um, but you can't... Um, make them happen. They they come by accident. And so all that we can do is sort of set an environment for ourselves and create an environment for ourselves that makes us a bit more accident prone to these deeper drinks of our true nature, the essence of who we are. Oh, I just love it. I love the idea, just hearing you speak about it, of just creating the space. And really, this is where in my perspective, like mindfulness becomes such a powerful practice in our lives is to create that space so that these spontaneous combustions of awesomeness can just flow through us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. and it's not, and these, these, this space is actually tapping in. When we create this space in our everyday life, for example, what I believe is we're just tapping into that spaciousness that is always already present within us. It that still point that when we do yoga and then we pause in Shavasana or you're doing Qigong and the pause at the end or the, the pause between the breaths, it's tapping into that spaciousness all the time. Mm, I love it. I, it's just reminding me of a quote that says, as a musician, it says, um, it's the space between the notes that makes the music. Absolutely. The space between the words, the space between the inhalation, the exhalation, that's where the whole universe resides. And that's within us all the time. Uh, I love it, Bonnie. Um, you know, I jumped right into it because you just, your energy is so expansive and awesome. But um, for those that are <laughs> listening that aren't familiar with your work and who you are, like, could you just share with us a little bit about your background and how you came into mindfulness practice and yeah, just a little bit more about what you do on the planet. Ah, um, well, I started really just being really curious. I grew up in the country, and so you have a lot of freedom to be curious and explore. And so I was interested initially in human sciences, biosciences. So I went into the uh, into the medical model, into more diagnostics, and I was curious about that. And worked in that industry for a long time, but I was I was really puzzled why some people heal and others don't, and why is it that some people their suffering is relieved, and some people, even though the pain is gone, they still suffer. They're still talking about it, and so I gave up my my steady paycheck and my really fabulous job at a beautiful community health center clinic here in town and traveled the world and explored. Wow. Uh, And I tried to make sense of life and happiness and making sense of mindfulness and healing. and, And since then, it landed me here. So I teach mindfulness programs and stress reduction, the the MBSR program, the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, and I do one-on-one healing work with people, with energy medicine, and basically just help to relieve some of the suffering in the world. You do such amazing work. And just, I mean, just, you're one of those people to me that just being in your presence, even on the telephone, I I feel like there's just good vibes coming off of you. And it's, it's just, you walk the talk. It's so awesome. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, thank you for joining us tonight. I'm, this is just such a blessing to have you on the show. Well, um, thank you for the invitation. Oh, you're totally welcome. You're welcome anytime on the show. You're, you're family to me, so <laughs> great. Yeah. I just wanted to remind uh, our callers, too, if anybody has a question for myself or for Bonnie, and it doesn't have to be mindfulness-related. It can be. I mean, we, um, we work with people on all sorts of different uh, things in life that are going on, so anything that's coming up in your mind that you have a question about or maybe you're going through some sort of struggle or you are trying to figure out something about mindfulness, we want to encourage you to call in tonight, and the, uh, the guest call-in number is 914-338-0905, or you could also, um, I believe, call in through Skype, and that would be like a completely free call if you've got long-distance issues. So, but the number again is 914-338-0905. Um, I'd love to just jump into a, uh, an email that came in this, this week. And, Bonnie, maybe you could shed some light on uh, answering this first. And I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, every question has totally lots of options for answers, you know, and um, perspective in the answers. So this question came in from Stacy uh, just actually this evening. And she was just asking us, Mindful Gingers, the question, do you feel that setting aside some time each morning to meditate helps you keep yourself in that mindfulness state? And then she goes, um, it helps to get you there quicker. Uh, she says she's, she's noticed this, yet she hasn't been setting aside enough time each morning to immerse herself. So she'd love to hear our thoughts on morning meditation practice, if it helps, and then I guess also a little bit about how to maybe make it consistent or practice more regularly. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> Great question. And you know what? I hear this one a lot in lots of the classes that I I where I interact with students, it's really a common question. So thanks, Stacy. Um what I would suggest is the perception in which we do practice. So seeing it as less of something you have to add to your to do list and perceiving it more as an act of kindness towards yourself. And so if you come in, and I would recommend every morning before the mind gets busy, setting time aside before you get your coffee going, because then there's gonna, you'll smell the coffee and get distracted, before you have your breakfast, because then you'll eat and then someone will text or call and then you'll get distracted. So before you do any of that, brush your teeth and sit. <laughs> and just just be with yourself and use that dedication like you would when, for example, you're driving a car. You need to stay alert. So use that same kind of dedicated practice. So that's the a short version of my perspective. I love it. Bonnie, maybe too, if you could just share a little bit. Do you have a morning practice every morning? I do have a morning and an evening practice, actually. But um, you know what? Before I wake up, I am still laying in bed. And the first thing I do is offer gratitude. That's my very first thing. So, oh, you know, you can offer it in whatever way makes sense for you. But so grateful that I have another day. I'm alive. How great is that? And I get to explore this incredible world. And even if it's not the life that we particularly are feeling comfortable in right now, if we have a 
ache in the body or uh, we're frustrated about something at work or whatever it is. We have an, every morning's a do-over. And as John Kabat-Zinn, one of the great uh, Western mindfulness teachers would say, just waking up breathing in the morning means that there's more right with you than wrong with you. So for me, meditating every morning and then having these mindful moments throughout my day um, it's like brushing my teeth. If I don't do it, I I feel like something is not quite in alignment. Absolutely. I, um, I'm i just so triggered as you're talking. I'm thinking about um, principle one in, in this book that I just finished writing, and it's all about everything begins as an inner dream. And I, I talk about mm. this idea that what we're thinking about is going to create our reality too. So, you know, if your thoughts in the morning when you first wake up are, oh, I'm so exhausted, this is going to be a long day, um, and then you start wondering, why is my life so challenging? There's a good chance it began with your thinking in that, that inner dream place of your, your mind. So as I'm hearing you talk, Bonnie, I'm just thinking about how powerful it is to just get into the habit of gratitude first thing in the morning. I mean, that's, that's the attitude to, to create that. That's what people want. <laughs> Yeah, and it's helping to set all of the thoughts that you might wake up with. Just let them dissolve into the background just for that moment. Just be there. And then if you can do some sort of, even if it's five minutes, some sort of breath practice or something to just really greet yourself every morning, what a beautiful way to start your day is this loving kindness towards yourself. Because as we greet people in the world, it can be it can be challenging sometimes to to be with other people's suffering or whatever it is that however we're in the world. And so, can we turn towards ourselves with kindness? Absolutely, absolutely. And just carving out that time every day and putting yourself first in in that first few moments of the morning. It it just it's it's a it, affects everybody. It's a blessing for everybody that you meet during the day because they pick up on your energy. I mean, we're, we're all connected. So how you're choosing to show up, I, I think of Oprah Winfrey on her dressing room wall. She had this quote that said, you're responsible for the energy you bring here. And so, yeah, Dr. Jill Taylor, that, that's one of hers that was so wise, this great scientist who just was awake during this, this health crisis she had and just woke up and so this beautiful reminder that regardless of what's going on in our life these great nuggets of wisdom and insight can just be planted within us at any time absolutely oh this is such a great question stacy i'm so glad you you asked this and um hopefully this is giving you some inspiration to go to sleep tonight with some gratitude and wake up tomorrow new beginning and get into this routine and see how it totally can affect your life in a positive way. So. And one thing, Keith, I would add too, that there's increasing research around our digital overload that we're all on. And we've talked about this before, right? Um, and just if you can, they're showing that it makes such a difference if you let yourself go through your ritual in the morning, whatever that ritual is. Sit with your cup of tea and look out the window and just appreciate the world around you. Um, and if we can do that with before we turn on our technology, 
it will set a whole different tone for our day. Absolutely. That's such a great yeah. point. And it's hard for lots of people. They want to first check their phone. Who's texting? Who's emailing? Who's, who's FaceTiming or on Instagram or on Facebook? Whatever it is, right? They're so overloaded. And so there's no room for this deeper beauty to rise up through us. Yeah, well, it's so many of us are just, yeah, we are so addicted to this, this social media, emails. It's, it's, it's really become the new drug in our culture is just, you know, checking your phone every five seconds. I think the average person checks their phone 110 times a day. And when I think about the implications, I mean, I'm included in that. I can't help it. I mean, I'm so curious. Did that person respond to my email? Is you know, did, did so-and-so respond to the, the radio show ad that Bonnie and I posted? And are we going to have <laughs> listeners tonight? You know, it, it, there's, there's a real instant rush or buzz that comes from that. Yet, if we're, if we're not conscious and we're asleep, that can really take us over and affect our energy in so many different ways. And so I totally agree with you that get the, turn the phone off at night and turn the phone off in the morning and really make it a, a real live event connection with yourself and with the, the environment around you before you, you start connecting to a digital virtual world. And that can just be a huge shift of, of your life right there. Well, and they've shown too, Keith, that um, depression, anxiety, decreasing creativity, in a, uh, our inability to be really present with someone else, it's all impacted when we have this digital overload and we're not even aware of it so we're with people but we're not really with them we're with them but we're not present and trust me they can tell the difference and i've been on both sides of that (laughs) (laughs) it's true i was was just thinking as you're speaking about that i was um offering a workshop last week and we were talking about how so often so many of us are, you know, we're in our physical body having a conversation, but in our minds, we've just left the building, you know, we're not here in the present and it's not necessarily always a bad thing when our mind wanders off and makes plans or is in daydream mode. But so often um, when we do that and we're not conscious and we've fallen asleep, it's, it's almost as if we miss out on the magic of here now and, especially people that are, are challenged with anxiety, depression, uh, fear, all, all these symptoms of fear. It's like, come back to the present. Take a deep breath. Ground your feet. Stand on the grass if it's summertime where you live. Feel the connection to, to nature around you. And just by being present, you get the clarity. It just, it just starts coming. Such a powerful thing. Yeah, and those moments where we wander off and we realize it's been an hour since we looked up from our computer or whatever or our phone, to use that as a moment, that, that's the moment of mindfulness. When we recognize that we have been somewhere else for all of that time lost in the wormhole of YouTube and cat videos or whatever it is, and just noticing, and it's not that we can't do any of that. Absolutely. It's finding balance. And so noticing when we've wandered, if we're ruminating about the guy who cut us off in traffic or 
and we're still fixated on that or telling ourselves lots of stories, just noticing when we're lost in the past or the future or really disconnected, that's the moment of mindfulness. So when we notice that moment, then just take a breath, return to yourself with kindness, without judgment, which is one of the fundamentals of mindfulness to recognize you've wandered without judgment come back and begin again and just and repeat you wander the mind is like a a two-year-old toddler wandering all the time and that's not a bad thing we're curious it's fantastic but notice when we get caught in a loop and when we're wandering too far away from home and then come back again that moment if we can do that without judgment we can cultivate self-compassion and we, when we have compassion for ourselves, then it spills over. And that, my brother, is a beautiful thing. It sure is. I think our minds are conditioned to wander. What's the stat? Is it 47% of the time, according to the recent studies? Harvard <laughs> says 47%. And then, we, and then I think we marinate for and just sort of marinate in thoughts for even longer than that, I would guess. But, yeah, 47% Harvard says so you know what that means for the listeners on this show is you guys haven't been here for half the conversation. Hey. <laughs> Come back. Uh, Bonnie and I want to share we, some wisdom with you. We miss you. Come back. Come back. <laughs> I, um, I've got another great email that came in this week, and it was from Amber. And I'd love to get your perspective on this one too, Bonnie, and maybe I could share some some perspective too. It's um, she's just, She was talking about how she works in a very sterile corporate environment and um she says when i walk in the door it's just it's instantly like you feel fear it's like she she feels like she's completely stuck and the the culture of her her work i'm just kind of summarizing her email here the culture of her work just feels very sterile and she can't seem to create or step outside of that and just she's wondering if we have any tips on how mindfulness might help her break out of the the bonds of fear, <laughs> the, ah. the chains of fear, it looks like here. So, yeah, what do you think of that? Well, both of us have uh, done workshops in those kinds of situations for sure, you and I, Keith. And I would suggest that when it feels very disconnected in that way or full of fear, that they, those are the environments that need us to be the most awake, the most loving, to have for sure clear boundaries and all of that, but to keep our heart open as best we can and um, pay attention to, to what's going on for us. So can we bring ourselves fully present in that moment too, um, even if it doesn't feel as perhaps reciprocating in the in in the love that you're bringing in but it's and it's not to get into an airy fairy sort of rose glass sort of place it's it's all about perception and so i remember a story that uh, a a beautiful uh, uh practitioner in town had shared with me that their rinpoche they, they have a buddhist rinpoche who they all adore And this particular Rinpoche, by night, was an incredible teacher and so loving. And by day, was a janitor in a school. 
And so it's not the environment. It's what we bring. So let your workplace be your temple. Mm. Beautiful. As best you can. As best you can. And if that doesn't work, you can get a new job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting you're saying that because in a lot of the work I do with people one-on-one and I do some coaching in the corporate world, this is a really common um, piece that comes up when, when we actually sit down and take a moment outside of, I guess, the workflow to just have a conversation, which, which I love about coaching. But um, Amber asking this question is so timely because it, it's so interesting. So many of us are working in environments, it seems, that we're actually buying into the fear that's in the culture where we, we actually don't take any risks because we're scared to lose our job, you know. And for, for Bonnie and I, it's, I guess because maybe we've lived less traditional in the sense that we have never well maybe you have Bonnie I'm not sure but I've I mean I've never worked a nine to five salary job my life has been completely the opposite where I've just been open to okay well hopefully the next check's going to come in so I can pay my bills but I'm just following my bliss and my purpose but I, I get the sense that for a lot of us this is a very big saboteur it's like I have to have security I have to be in this job and there's no other options because this is paying my bills and it it can be a very common um, piece I've found that really can create a culture of fear and so this idea to to literally take the lid off the jar can be quite a it can be quite a challenging thing but to think like if you take the lid off the jar and you look up above you and you realize whoa there's a whole world out there I don't have to be limited to this way of being in the world and at first, that can be terrifying. But just consider, too, that, I mean, you can, I love what Bonnie's saying about how you can literally be a change maker by just showing up in the love in, the, in your environment. But if it doesn't work, um, there are so many possibilities. The, uh, the ancient Hawaiians said kala, which means uh, there are no limits. And the only limits that we place on ourselves are um, those, those saboteur beliefs of, I can't or I shouldn't or there's not going to be enough or, you know, and so the, the, I guess one of the challenges is if I, or is to look at the bigger picture as objectively as you can right now and, and ask yourself, like, what, where's life calling me? And if something feels really rocky or fear-based, am I supposed to be here right now? And maybe you are. Maybe the, the call of life in the moment is to bring the love and to be a change maker there. But also it might be life going, you know what, Amber, it's time to explore the unlimited being that you are, and you don't have to buy into all this fear. So life sounds like it's really bringing you a lesson to, uh, to ponder and to discover here, too. So. In that two case, I, um, it, I, I really love that part that you're saying this this world is so vast, and I, I, I actually have worked, uh, well, it wasn't really a nine-to-five, it was more like a 60-hour week, but I have done that sort of job, and which is why I eventually felt the call to do something different, but, um, but while I was there, I, I learned a lot as well, and so it's not that I'm suggesting that everybody quit their job, it's... As you said, if the timing feels right, 
turn towards the places that scare you, ride that razor's edge, that, that edge of that evolutionary edge, I would say. That's where we grow, where it's a bit uncomfortable. And then dare to take, even if it's a baby step towards it. And maybe that means taking a class in something that you've always been afraid to take, but would really love to take. Or maybe it's, I'm going to go down to time and then the other part-time job, I'm going to do something else. So appreciating everybody has all of this going on in their life. And the first step is to really acknowledge that they're suffering. And, and that that's, that's, I don't know. We we never want to feel it. And so just letting that be too, that we all join in, in suffering in some way. The details are different, but they're suffering. And so just really acknowledging and honoring that, not pretending that it's not there. And then opening up to the full perspective of what's possible, not just what's good, for, what can happen for other people, but what actually is possible for us, each one of us. I love that. Exactly. There's a whole ocean of possibility out there. It's interesting, too, because I've um, been doing a little bit of work in the corporate world, as you know, Bonnie, as of late. And it's very interesting because uh, as a coach going in there, I find that a lot of times when it's fear-based mentality, um, the company doesn't even realize the implications of that. But when the culture is based in fear, it actually shrinks everything. And um, it's so interesting because companies are all about wanting to expand, especially financially and creatively. But if, if we're putting a box around all the rules of shoulds and shouldn'ts, we can only expand so much where when we actually take ourselves out of that place of fear collectively. And, it, it, you know, I think a lot of the leadership in corporations too, like if anyone's listening that happens to be a CEO of a company, you know, those leaders, those people that like the Google culture, that creating a culture and an environment that really helps their staff feel like they're part of something bigger than just a check in, check out. It's just, that's the expansive energy. It, it goes all the way back to, getting up in the morning with gratitude and changing the way you're thinking and realizing that it's abundant and there's unlimited possibility and potential and just letting go of the reins a little bit and not trying to control every second and just allowing the flow. And, you know, if, if everybody just contributed a little bit of that kind of allowing as opposed to controlling and love instead of fear, I think it would be a such a completely different um, world in terms of even how we look at our corporations and how business works. You know, it's this whole St. Francis thing of it's, it's in giving that we receive. Um, so often I think there's this undercurrent of we need to make more, be more, get more, and it's like all about me, me, me. But really when we just let go and we just allow ourselves to give, it's incredible how there's a circle and, and you've got to receive and then you've got to give. And just getting into that more abundant type of thinking can be have such a huge impact on our our entire world. So this is a good question. It's stimulating lots of stuff. It's a great question and not attachment, right? Things are going to change. However, our state of of life right now is it's all going to change. Some days will be better. Some days it'll be not as comfortable, but it's always going to change. So if we can just let go of the grip and trying to to be 
and have something other than what we have, letting go of that seeking mind that is always grasping for something different than what's happening or how we're living or how we're experiencing. Maybe we have pain in our body, whatever it is. And as soon as we can start to loosen our grip on that, our whole world starts to change. We start to notice the thoughts that are taking this, had been taking the driver's seat all this time. And we, we start to take the, the, the steering wheel and start to drive our life a bit more consciously. Ah, I love that perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. Ooh, this is good. I was, I'm just thinking I, um, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned we were going to play a song. and I, So I'm thinking maybe yes. we should shift gears and take a little sing music. Sing to break. us, Keith. Yeah, I'll sing to you guys. I, uh, I wanted to just play a song off the new album that's coming out. And it's, um, so this is kind of the debut of it on the show here. But it's uh, kind of in line with it. Well, it's right in line with this idea of moving into love instead of fear. And it was inspired, the song, by... My friend Dave Jaworski, who is just an incredible guy, he's, he's very much like you, Bonnie, where you, you get on the phone or you talk with you and it's just like, it just instantly makes you feel good. This guy just walks around with good vibes and he, um, I was recently on the phone with him asking him what he was up to on the weekend and he said, we're going to, we're going to love on my uncle. And I said, you're going to do what? <laughs> said, we're going to love on my uncle. And um, so he explained that in his family, they've got this wonderful tradition where they get together and they, they literally love on each other. They compliment each other. They make each other meals. They get gifts and celebrate their successes. And it's just like a way to share gratitude and love. And I was like, mm. just so excited with that idea. And the, the term love on, I thought, wow, the world really could use that. <laughs> I call them drive by loving. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> So this song, I, I got off the phone and I was like, love on, and picked up a guitar and it was kind of like a Jack Johnson vibe. And the next thing I knew, we uh, this song kind of showed up from a place of nowhere to now here. The same word. I find like as a writer, it's amazing how just out of this nowhere place of all possibility, like we're talking about, you, you just open yourself up and boom, it just kind of drops in. So That spacious I, uh, universe within us. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it, it's totally spacious universe. and Where all just, is possible. Just tapping into it. So I, uh, yeah, I'd like to share this with you guys, and it's uh, brand new, a little vulnerable to play here, but um, time to love on you. So here it is without further ado. Love on. There's a good thing starting right here, darling. Here with a picture of you in my head. You look so happy. You're smiling at something inside is starting to spread. Without conditions, 
show a little chance to love on you and uh, if you're just tuning in uh, you're here listening to making sense of mindfulness this is Keith McPherson and joining me tonight is my ginger sister Bonnie Schroeder and it's just such a treat to have you here on the show Bonnie thanks for joining us tonight I am feeling the love that was a whole (laughs) lot of love on so beautiful Keith thank you for sharing that you're welcome hey tell us um, whereabouts in the world are you right now? I'm in Winnipeg right now, and I'm just out my windows. I have this beautiful art installation. The sun has gone down with all these colors, and the crescent moon is there. So it's a beautiful day to be alive, my friend. Wow. I love it. That sounds like a nice place to be sitting in Winnipeg tonight. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. This is actually the uh, the beginning of the day in ancient Hawaii is the sun is setting, and they uh, they called it Po. P-O, meaning that uh, symbolically but literally when the sun sets and we it gets dark, we go inward into this place of dream time and everything that we are creating and imagining, it all begins as an inner dream, as I was saying earlier. So it's very powerful right now. You know, I, I don't know about you for, we are talking about some more morning practices, but how do you practice mindfulness in the evening? <laughs> Mm. Well, I always do some sort of ritual in the evening. Again, I begin and end my day with gratitude for sure. I have the good fortune to be looking out at this incredible prairie view every night when I'm here. Um, And so I do some 
dropping in and really it's not anywhere to drop into i'm opening to what is already present but i'm reconnecting more deeply with myself taking a few breaths just being here so my evening practice tends to be a bit shorter than my day practice uh or morning practice but it's still it's it's um housed with gratitude and offering uh it's a a meta prayer so May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May they live in peace and uh, harmony, and may they live free from suffering and the root of all suffering. So that's sort of my evening mantra. And I, I and then I just pause for a few minutes with myself, with 15, 20 minutes, just to breathe. What do you suggest for people that have children running around the house where they can't actually take that time and space? Ah, parenting is your practice. (laughs) Just let, number one, let go of the guilt. I have so many parents that come to see me in private practice who are are guilt-ridden that, oh, I haven't made time for practice. It's like a confessional. Forgive me, I haven't practiced for two months since my last practice. Um, And my response is always... Be kind to yourself and know that being present with your children is the most, can be most enriching and the most difficult practice. That's the practice. Ah, presence. Presence and parenting. And if you can take them outside, take them outside and enjoy Mother Nature there too. She'll help you to come into balance. Exactly. I was going to speak uh, just, I know we're, we only have a few minutes left on the show tonight, but I, I wanted to um, let people know where they might be able to connect with you, Bonnie, and just let us know any of the exciting things going on in your, in your world of mindfulness these days. Ooh, um, well, the most immediate is April 4th. I start another eight-week series of mindfulness-based stress reduction, which always humbles and inspires me, the, the, these beautiful people who come and dare to uh, turn towards themselves in all sorts of beautiful ways. So lots of mindfulness teachings there. There's a yin sound and sense that I'm doing May 1st at Yoga Public. Um, what I, oh, and I, on Mother's Day weekend, on the 12th, the Saturday, so for any of those moms out there who haven't had a moment to themselves, it's a silent retreat for the whole day from 1 till 7 in town. So that's an option. That sounds incredible, too. Yeah. Uh, we'll, um, we'll be sure to post uh, a link to Bonnie on the on the site here and on the radio site just so you can keep in touch and, and definitely I highly encourage you guys to, to connect with Bonnie and try to get to one of her, her sessions. It's transformative. It's re-energizing. She's got, as you can just tell by listening to her on the phone and connecting, she's just got this amazing energy that's healing and will just lift your spirit. So that's exciting. Thank you. You're welcome, buddy. Yeah, this is I, such a I gift. love to surround myself with incredible people. It helps me to be inspired and and creative and oh, just feeling so grateful for it all. <laughs> me too. I uh, we've got about two minutes left on the show, so we'll just finish off with a quick laser question and answer. Okay. Okay. So, uh, question is. Um, I'm going to pull up one here that we can get to really quickly. Um, 
Yeah, just one tip. Uh, one of the, the quickest way that you can bring mindfulness into your day without adding on to your to-do list. Take a breath before you answer the phone. Take a breath before you open the door. I love it. That's beautiful. And I would say, I would add on as well, um, monitor your thoughts as you're going through your day, especially when you're doing paperwork. <laughs> monitor your thoughts mm. and switch it to gratitude. And when you're washing the dishes, just wash the dishes. Just wash the dishes. And when you're brushing your teeth, just stand in one place. Yeah. Just yeah. feel the, the toothpaste on your teeth. Exactly. It's that easy. <laughs> Drink, so, when you're drinking a cup of tea, feel the warmth of the glass. Exactly. Just feel it. Exactly. When you're playing hockey on the skating rink, just feel your skates gliding in the present moment. How about that? Well, Canadian oh, if you're in a snowy country, or even wherever you are, feel the ground beneath your feet. So if it's a snow, hear the crunch. If it's sand, feel the grit. All of it. Just be present here. With every breath, you, you, it's a do-over. Yeah. Every moment, new beginning to connect to the present moment. The mind wanders, non-judgment, come back, begin again. Exactly. Notice how endings are always making way for these new beginnings. Absolutely. And you have to let go of the breath to take the in-breath. So let go of the thought to begin again. Renew potential. It's spring. I love it. I love it. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, oh, you're so welcome. We look forward to seeing you guys or speaking with you all next week and wish you a wonderful week of mindfulness. And Bonnie, we'll have to get you back on here very soon for some more inspiration as well. Um, <laughs> have a great week, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Keith. Keep shining right out there in the world as best we can, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs>